Welcome to Binary Concat, a computing science podcast where we concat one and one to make three, even though we are two people. But that doesn't matter. So, welcome. Welcome. Is this happening for the first time? The first podcast with uh, my name is Matthew and I'm Sophia. Nice to meet y'all. <laughs> can't say that. Yep, and uh, yeah. So I guess we should talk about what this podcast really is. What is it? <laughs> um, yeah, so I well, it's about computing science, right? Yes, it is about computing science. And mm. we are both fourth-year students at University of Glasgow. Yep. Uh, so, and you study what? Computing science and maths, and you study what? Uh, just computing science. So I'm doing a master's. Are you doing a? Yeah, in the master's. master's. All right, that's cool. Yep. So. Well, we were thinking our target audience would be, you know, just anyone who's generally interested in computing science. Yeah, we are not planning on requiring huge amounts of background knowledge on, say, say for its Marco, discrete time Marco chain make no sense. Don't be afraid. You know, now that you've brought up that topic, you'll have to do it for the you have one minute section. I, I refuse. <laughs> Thank you very much. So we're, we do have a few sections planned, uh, but mostly this one will just be getting us started off. Um, mm-hmm. did, did we have any other plans for this episode? Not really, no. We are gonna, yeah. This episode, we are planning to talk about like internships, our experiences of like applying internships, having an internship, you know, all of that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, and hopefully it can be um, helpful, uh, but also just some insight into how it works um, and maybe we can find some funny stories about internships uh, uh, what happened during them um, so yeah uh, I think we covered what is this podcast yep if people have any questions they can always somehow get in contact with us we, we have an email uh, called binaryconcat at gmail.com um, wait should we explain the name of the podcast or keep it a no. mystery <gasps> Okay, well, <laughs> Sophia has decided. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll win. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the first section, Sophia? So, what the uni happened. Basically, we are going to now talk about something that happened in university recently. And as probably all of computing science students and probably a lot of other students. No, there was a fucking huge hackathon. Oh, sorry, I should not swear. We've already started the swearing. <laughs> we discussed prior to this whether this podcast should be explicit, but I think we've already broke the rule. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll just beep it out later. Anyway, there was a huge hackathon. Um, I don't remember the numbers, I'm sorry. but I think it was about 300 people. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it was about 300 people. I think they sold out on all their tickets. They even made an emergency batch. Did they? Yeah. So, um, I didn't personally go to the hackathon, though I heard uh, many things about it. Um, You did, though. I did. Although, admittedly, I was kind of like doing it in a somewhat chill way. Like, definitely is doing things like getting enough sleep and not stressing like i was doing it just for fun because when you are a fourth year there is just not enough time to ruin <laughs> your sleeping schedule for a weekend <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, fourth year generally is, I would say, the most, maybe not the most stressful, but the most packed year. Yep. But mm. yes, it was a nice hackathon. Fun challenges. I was making bots which were controlling tanks which were supposed to smash other tanks. So smashing other tanks. So yeah, we should probably explain how the hackathon works. Um, so at our university we have a very good society, which is mm -hmm. the Glasgow University Tech Society. Mm -hmm. And uh, mainly what they do are these uh, hackathons and um, cyber defense exercise events. Um, and that is really their main goal as a society. Um, usually they have a bunch of sponsors and they also uh, provide challenges. So you actually get the challenges and what you're supposed to do at the hackathon from the sponsors and they have prizes. Mm. Um, what were some of the challenges? Well, exactly? there was the tanks when I mentioned. There was tenants was there. Mm. Which, and I heard an interesting story about that. Did no, I heard that nobody did the attendance challenge in the end. Did they not? I, I mean, their challenge did not require coding. So if everyone came there to code, that's put, I don't actually know. No. Mm. I mean, that's what I heard anyway. And it's uh, what I sort of gauged from uh, spying on the Discord. <laughs> um, it was a bit weird to hear that an alcohol company was sponsoring <laughs> it was the ma one of the major sponsors of, a, of this year's guts hackathon um <laughs> it was um but yeah i i think that's probably just down to experience if nobody did um take their challenge um but i mean at least they were there in spirit and uh, uh yep. yeah i think it's always good when you have a sponsor uh that's willing to give money to uh, a cause that Maybe it doesn't directly impact their business, but um, it's, I think it's a really worthwhile investment in the end. Um, I don't know. What do you think about the sponsors of hackathons and things like that? Oh, you know that there is a danger of getting political there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't have a strong stance. Like it's good that like there are there is money to put together even events like this. Like hackathons are tons of fun. Like it's great to see like that there are resources of like making this happen so it is clear that this means that these even events are for a better or for worse very commercialized i mean they are i mean the key reason they are there is to hopefully get employees or at least some sort of impact upon the um, computing science cohort totally. uh, to hire them in the end they want the best talent um which of course is totally fine i think um so yeah yeah i mean many people want to get employed for these companies so <laughs> it is a very good way for like uh people like for students to meet like prospective employees and other way around yeah um employers well it's a win-win situation right so yeah. Um, yeah, if you can get them, if you can get the sponsors, I should say. Um, mm. Of course, I feel like the more, um, like, it's not really computer scientists will have the negative impact, but you can kind of see from what I've heard from, like, my friends who are studying, say, arts and social sciences outside of, say, business and economics, that they have then harder time to get funding and stuff. So 
there is that kind of like an e you could say an inequality on like how much organizations can do based on how commercial they are whether that's justified or not is gonna get very political yeah yeah um was there anything else that happened at the hackathon oh i guess we wanted to talk about the um food well, actually, you want to talk to talk about <laughs> they the food. They had healthy food. A fucking hackathon had healthy food. <laughs> there goes the swear words again. <laughs> shish, shish, shish. I mean, shish to me. Um, yeah, so we're, I, I can't tell. Are you happy or angry that they had healthy food? I'm very happy. Okay, that's good. I'm yeah. just shocked because usually hackathons don't have healthy food. <laughs> that's true um it's probably just because it's cheaper not to have healthy food though i think it, mm. yeah it's probably a money thing yeah but uh yeah i'm glad they had options sure. um they were so vegan, op vegan options like whoa. vegan selection was nice interesting they might just have a uh, one really vegan person on the committee <laughs> and that's why plausible plausible but yeah that's cool and uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about was the um, uh, one of the one of the prize winners. So um, there, there's this sponsor called Twilio uh, there, and they, their system basically works on SMS, um, but uh, sort of software solutions for sending and receiving text messages. And um, basically, one team set out to make a browser that doesn't actually use the internet. Now, whether it does or does not use the internet is another question, because technically the Twilio part does use the internet, but it was still a very ingenious uh, solution. Definitely. Um, which was that they would actually, uh, instead of using the internet, they would uh, send a web link through uh, SMS to Twilio, and then uh, they programmed the Twilio uh, server to um, get the HTML content of, <laughs> of the uh, web page and then send that back as an SMS, uh, as a message, and then they would basically just use that to show the page on the browser. Um, that was very ingenious and I think very well deserving of our prize. Yes, that was amazing. I don't think I have seen... It, almost anything as creative in all the hackathons I've been. Yeah, because um, it's kind of hard at hackathons because usually the prize winners are usually people who sort of knew the technologies before they started. Yeah, mm. I would say so too. Because there's not a lot of time in a hackathon. You only have maybe, uh, what is it, maybe 40 hours even if that. Yeah, it depends. There are even shorter ones. Mm. So yeah, um... But yeah, I probably just want to say that it was another successful hackathon and um, like, I just want more of them. I'll probably go next year, even though I didn't go this year. And Game Jam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's the fun time of torture and misfortunes and drama. So basically, I am making Matthew to explain a concept in one minute. And today, the concept is going to be Matthew's fourth year project. Yeah, so uh, 
In case you didn't understand, um, the, the section of this is called You Have One Minute. Um, it won't just be about our projects, it will be about really complex um, computing science topics, but it's just a bit of fun, um, and we'll see how bad we are at it. But I will now get my phone, uh, just so we can keep track of the time. No, we don't want an hour for this phone, thank you very much. And... Um, yeah, we'll see how this goes. So this is my fourth year project. Three, two, one, go! Okay, so uh, my project is a, a sign language agent. So um, I guess some context, sign language is the language that deaf people use because they can't uh, hear, so they can't communicate vocally, they have to communicate by signs. So uh, my parents are deaf, so I know sign language, so I have a background in this. Um, uh, a sign language conversational agent. So it's kind of like your your Google, your OK Google and stuff and Alexa, where like you tell it something and it actually like thinks of a response and talks to you back. Uh, except instead of using English and vocals, I'm going to use sign language. So what does that entail? Um, that oh, I accidentally uh, accessed OK Google on my own phone because it recognized me. Anyway, uh, I've only got 20 seconds left. Um, so yeah, there are three parts to this. There are the recognition, so it's going to be through a webcam for the user. Uh, they have to recognize all the signs, which is actually quite complex. Uh, the conversational part, which generates, which I don't really Ten, care about. Nine, and um, there's eight, also a part where seven, I have to get a virtual six, human to five, do signs back. Four, and that is the whole three, gist of it. Two, and I have run one, out of time. Zero. I have the OK Google. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I can't believe I, I accessed my OK Google. Um, that was a lot more stressful than I thought it would be. I'm glad it wasn't me. Well, it's going to be you next time. I've decided. No, not next time. I'm not going to understand my <laughs> OK, Abraham. And you'll have a much more complicated topic because you're with uh, our Lord and Savior Geffen, who has a very, um, he's very smart. Do we yes. agree on that? Um, how did I do? Well done, though. That was a good explanation. Okay, uh, we'll see how the listeners <laughs> understand what I was trying to say. Because uh, I went really fast, but it's a lot less time than I thought it was. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah. Well done. Thank you very much. That was... <laughs> and now I'm going to mm. torture you next week. Uh, right. <laughs> So yeah, now moving on to the main segment of the podcast, which is internships. Internships. Yes. So both of us had an internship over the summer. Yes. As... Um, and you, we also both had internships over our second year summer as well, two years ago. Yes, we did. Yeah. So this summer I was in Google Dublin interning in an SRE team. Uh, the summer before that, I was a step intern at Google's Zurich office. Step yes means that it's kind of, if you have had uh, less than two years, or two, at most two years of university education, you can kind of take like sort of a, a slightly easier internship at Google, where you are also more paired with like some other intern, although that didn't actually happen that much in my case, but it, that's how it's supposed to work. And you have a slightly slightly shorter internship and slightly more support etc etc yep. so uh yeah that sounds cool um did did you explain what an sre team is oh i didn't site reliability engineering that is the part of google which is more responsible of like keeping things up and running instead of like creating them 
because you know when you have a huge system someone has to be there taking care of the fact that it's actually you know running yeah because um i mean like barely anyone has ever seen a google.com like crash or go down you know so google.com is i think maybe one of the closest uh, things ever to um uh, forever persistent software system. <laughs> yep. If you think about it, Google.com has been taking over our lives for the good part of two decades. It has, it has. Yeah. Um, so but, yeah, you were contributing to site reliability. Yes, I was about to go and talk more about site reliability engineering, but then I realized I have enough to talk about it to justify its own episode. So maybe not. <laughs> or uh, you have enough to justify it in a spontaneous you have one minute. <laughs> nah. um, uh, so yeah, um, my internship uh, this summer was at a company called Free to Book, and um, it's just a small company, but it actually deals with a lot of um, a lot of business. Um, it's kind of difficult to explain what it does because it has so many functions as a, a web portal and website, but. It's there for small to medium-sized um, hotels, um, hotel businesses, and uh, what it essentially does is manage all your bookings within one platform. So uh, you, we have a lot of websites like Expedia and Airbnb and uh, uh, room, booking.com and uh, hotelrooms.com and all that. Um, and it can be quite hard to you know sync everything up. You need to keep track of whenever you have bookings and. Uh, take that down from the other sites once that area has uh, once that booking has been taken up um, and so you don't get um, double bookings uh, but what free to book does is it does all that for you it uses all the APIs to the, those um, uh, room advertising websites and syncs everything up so you don't have to do anything so um, that's the basis of free to book um, and uh, my internship the year prior was more of an individual internship at another small company called Premier Labels, who are a uh, Premier Labeling company, I guess. Um, what uh, does that mean? What, <laughs> what is Premier Labeling Company? So things like um, labeling for stickers or labeling on uh, gin bottles was an example. Mm. Um, they also did uh, stickers and labels for the Commonwealth Games. Uh, Glasgow so um, they had a few big dealings but um, yeah I was not involved in any of that I was more involved in uh, making a program for them to um, to cost up their labels because they were just using a spreadsheet for that and that mm. spreadsheet was getting really bad <laughs> I am shocked <laughs> so yeah I had to basically turn a spreadsheet into a nice uh, program to use so yeah um I guess first we should go over. Uh, I'm gonna ask you some questions about Google. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, <laughs> what? What? Did you enjoy Google? I did enjoy Google. Yes. Like. Yeah. But why uh, did you enjoy Google? So, they, I mean, my got interesting projects, and like one thing that's, <laughs> one thing that's definitely like very nice about working for a company at like Google is that. They do actually sort of put eff put like effort or into their interns. Like I like my host project host was like very available. I haven't heard of like that kind of 
like I have talked to many people and many people have said like outside of Google what internships outside of Google and many people have said that they had trouble with like getting help from their supervisor or something not necessarily everyone but many people have said that whereas at Google I like my like supervisor was giving me a lot of support and like so 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 you just to clarify it was your experience that people who had taken internships at Google um, felt like they didn't get supervision, but you did, or people at different internships that weren't Google didn't get Be- a lot of supervision. People at different internships. Okay, so not at Google. Not at yeah. Google. Okay. And then there were all the perks people potentially know about free food. There was music room, board games, lots of smart people. Did you ever use all those um, free amenities like the food, the board games? I definitely used the food because like I liked it's nice to get to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep your developers fed. <laughs> yep. Um, the board games, definitely. Oh really? Yes, I did go to their board game evenings. That was a lot of fun. Oh, at evenings. But like, my question is, you know, during work hours, do you ever actually use, you know, like the the sports courts and all that? I mean, like, very occasionally. Like, hmm. I do it kind of do that kind of like, I'm dis- I'm gonna disappear from work for an hour to go to the gym, and then come back. Like as long as you do your work, they don't really care too much at what hours it is. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Unless you have meetings, of course. <laughs> no, bye. I'm gonna go to the gym. Thanks. <laughs> Screw work. <laughs> oh, what? Google.com has crashed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna get my free food. <laughs> yep, yep. But I mean, free food was like. I was about to say it was like school lunches, but then I remembered that free school lunches are not a thing so much everywhere. Yeah, that's just in fancy Finland. I don't think it's just Finland. Anyway. Uh, any questions you want to ask about my internships before we move on to maybe some other internship topics? I mean, how did you like your internship, Blake? Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think the one thing I really enjoyed was the culture, specifically. Mm-hmm. It was very laid back. Um, I think it was a lot like Google's work culture, which is um, the hours are sort of dynamic. Like, you can yep. choose when you want to work, uh, as long as you work the yep. number of hours and... Um, they're quite open and flexible, wear casual clothes, which isn't like a lot of places, especially for financial institutions. Um, my partner uh, was working at one of the financial institutions and um, it was required, apart from the a Friday, to wear you know, a sort of suit or sort of formal um, uh, outfit. So, um, Scary. <laughs> scary exactly why would you force developers to do that right um, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean I mean there's pros and cons to that but um, yeah so I quite like that and um, the technologies are quite different to everywhere else because um, Freetabook system was sort of old it used PHP for a start which is an interesting language in itself um, <laughs> with Laravel framework which is sort of like the equivalent to Django and Python and um, uh, they also used uh, the Vue framework so uh, for the front end. Um, so yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it was quite open and um, I contributed a lot because it's a small company. So. Yeah. So how did it sort of feel to like kind of do something and see that it had like an actual impact? 
At first, it feels scary <laughs> because <laughs> any. I mean, there there were times when, um, like something I did, effed up the system or whatever, uh, which isn't a great feeling. But um, no, but I guess it's gonna happen. Next. Yeah, I I guess the. It, it was nice to be so close to the actual real system. Like, maybe at a bigger company, it would take a much longer to go down the pipeline. But for me, like, when I made changes, and after I went through the whole, like, review process and testing process, um, myself and with others, you know, like, within half an hour, you know, the changes could be on the site. And so having that power was actually interesting, and, you know, it does it, it means that I actually changed things at that company. Uh, it wasn't just some side project or something that will never get used. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed okay. that. Do you feel like that's different at a big company like Google? I would say so, yes. Like, it, when Google hires interns, it's like, it's pretty common that the intern project might get deprecated even before it's actually finished. Yes, because like, for, for Google, what is most important in the intern hiring is to kind of see if there is potential in that person to work for Google later on to become a full-time employer. Mm. Not really, like the contribution the intern does is nice. And it's, there is like a very solid contribution in the sense that having an intern can teach an FTE full-time employer, employee to like, um, to direct or teach things to someone and like, teach like skills that a supervisor might need mm -hmm. but like the intern's contribution to the company is not the biggest reason to hire an, hire an intern i think i mean what uh, what i was most surprised about is um some internship projects are deprecated even before they finish like usually well unless you i mean your internship projects usually are your full internship mm -hmm. but even even for three months to happen and halfway through it becoming deprecated seems pretty severe. Google is a big company and things change like quickly, but they need to kind of plan internship projects, sort of like almost half a year in a, before hiring interns. So a lot of things might change in that time ah. frame. but mostly it's just the fact that a big company just like things can change quickly, something that was needed before might not be needed anymore like yeah. it's not only internship projects we get which get deprecated yeah i mean it's the nature of any company but um it was still surprising to hear that the internship projects sort of become deprecated because in and I, i'm just wondering how that impacts on the interns themselves if they find out like oh that was for nothing wipe that clean off the slate and stuff I mean, I didn't find out about that happening in my... That sort of happened to my first year's project. But I didn't find out about it until, like, this year. Mm. And so I didn't really... At that point, I had kind of became a realist and understood that, you know, <laughs> that's how things work. A realist, yeah. Um. And I think that's kind of... People kind of know that. And even if the project itself gets deprecated, it might just add value sort of accidentally by other means like bugs might be found which would not have otherwise been found and also not everything gets deprecated like it is common i don't have numbers but it's not like every single project ever gets deprecated my this year project is 
cannot basically get deprecated because I made changes to existing code. So until hmm. they don't use that code anymore, it can't be removed. That's nice. That's nice to know that Sophia will always have an impact on a uh, on code at Google that people use every single day. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. deep in the back end, so you are not. I'm not seeing what's actually happening. You guys mm. are not seeing what's happening. Well, until it bugs out. I did not, actually not break out break couple of things, but not saying that you would uh, leave buggy code at Google, but you know, can happen. Could happen. Could happen. Yeah. So, um, so I guess the next thing in internships is about applying because. Uh, well, we're both applying to more internships again, aren't we? Yep. Um, I'm thinking of more of a research-based internship. Same. So we're in direct competition. Good to know that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> For me, it's about going to the big companies. Uh, or at least, you know, I, I want the research first and foremost, but uh, I would definitely really want to go to a bigger company because I've only ever done smaller companies. I think it's probably important to have that sort of comparison, um, that sort of experience so you can decide what's really best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I also now, like, I have been, I have seen what a super big company is like, but I kind of want to see what a smaller pace or academia would be like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'm trying to go for more of a research institution rather than a academic uh, standpoint, though I certainly wouldn't mind that academic you know um, research internship because they I, I remember that our university does have some throughout the summer they do um so yeah that may even be a backup or something like that if i don't get one at google please put in a good <laughs> word for me <laughs> um but yeah um so i guess the thing about applying to internships is usually the number one rule is start early yep um that is true you can get in even if you apply like two days before deadline as I did <laughs> because I didn't believe in my chances at all but you know don't chance it and even that two before two days before deadline was at like uh, last days of December yeah um, I think sometimes that can impact you badly though because I do know from knowledge that some companies definitely um, higher on a more rolling basis like, and they won't wait for even everyone's Google. applications even Google yes really? I uh, just got lucky or something you're just talented that's all um, so yeah uh, that's number one real um, have you started applying to internships yet don't ask <laughs> I've got the same answer don't ask um, but we, we're gonna do it this weekend right hopefully <laughs> I'm try. I should you should, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the other point is, um, do you think that you should apply to pretty much anything or apply for only what you're like um, really, really interested in? Um, so I think applying for pretty much anything is a bad idea because you actually like don't have then time to make applications which like stand um... out. Like, because... You know, making an application is effort, and if you just go and throw the same thing at everyone, it might just not get like people might just not pay attention to it. 
then again applying only to like one or two things might also be like putting everything on one card so I guess it depends on like finding that sweet spot between those two and also I mean if you have a very specific interest and you know that if you don't get to that you would rather spend your summer just reading about that topic maybe then it makes sense to only apply to one or two things but on mm -hmm. the other hand if you just kind of want to see what working life is like then I guess it's more reasonable to like cast your net wide what do you think? Uh, yeah I think I agree with pretty much everything um, specifically on the point about if you really do have that one focus that very small scope that you want to zoom in on um, I know for example there's Gabor which um, is one of the uh, one of our classmates um, that actually happened to him he wanted to go for a research internship and he didn't get anything so he just decided to research on his own which I think is a, a beautiful thing to do like I, I, I really respect him for that um, but yeah uh, I, I think you're right about like how wide your scope is um, especially when I guess if you're um, you've just started your third year, you've only had two years of university in computing science, especially if you've had um, no experience like me. And did you have any experience before coming into computing science? Nope. Nope, so we're in the same boat. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to know what you want to do and where you want to go. So yeah, casting mm -hmm. a wide net is good. Um, but yeah, definitely don't apply to everything, like, like you said there. Um, I certainly didn't apply to everything. If there was something where I like, yeah, I just don't want to work here. Um, like, uh, for I didn't apply to that many financial institutions. I think I only applied to Morgan Stanley, and um, yeah, yeah. Like, while they offer opportunities, sometimes you have to weigh up your options because you obviously have to play this sort of game where you try to get the best you can uh, without um, obviously getting nothing in the end or something that's just awful. Um, yep. But uh, I guess there's never really an awful internship. Experience is still experience. Yeah, at least you will find out that you really, really, really don't want to do that thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Okay, it, there are awful internships, but I guess it's not... I don't think I... Well, I mean, I guess, I guess the only awful internship is if the company was actually awful. Yeah. Like, it's kind of hard to have a, a really bad internship. So if you're unsure and you don't really have much else go going on and you're wondering about if you should apply to that area, maybe you should. But if you've got 10, 15, 20 other options where you're much more likely to accept an offer from them, uh, then you should probably go for that. And there's also the situation where uh, you apply to something you didn't quite like so much mm -hmm. and something you really liked and then there's a situation that you get an offer from the one you didn't like uh, and you're waiting to see if you get an offer from the one you do like and then that becomes a very stressful situation. I think I actually was slightly in that situation on my second year. Oh really? Yeah, I got an offer from that company called Obashi, I think, which seemed really nice and I still feel slightly bad about turning it down because they were so nice. <laughs> and I think I got... heard... no, I had heard a very, I had heard a strong yes from Google at that point, but I hadn't gotten a contract and I was kind of like, 
Hmm. What do you do? Because like a, a company won't hold out their internship offer forever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How, how did that make you feel? It was a bit stressful, and also like <laughs> I kept feeling like I was being mean to all the possible parties involved. Um. Yeah, that's true. But in the end, it's like a business world. Sometimes I view it like that. Like, um, you know, companies will know that. Maybe you're not their first offer, and uh, you know you are not company's first offer. Exactly. So you sort of just have to be formal and polite, and just you know fight for your own corner, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it can be stressful. But I guess I guess my advice on this is it, it's kind of hard for what to choose in that situation. But、yes. you know, if if you really do want that really good internship, then. You know, if you if you hold out for it and maybe lose that worst internship offer, you know, you probably and you didn't you didn't get the internship that you wanted,、mm. then you know it's likely that you'll probably get an internship of similar quality to the one you already got an offer from, even、yeah. if you lost it. So yeah, but I guess this situation type of situation also depends on like what is at stake. If it's financially possible for you to spend the summer doing nothing, then, and like your degree doesn't depend on the internship, then you can go and risk things, and maybe you then should. Yeah. Maybe like this really depends on how you work as a person. I really don't know the answer, but if like say your degree depends on your internship, or like it's just not financially viable to do nothing over the summer. Then perhaps it, the situation is different. Yeah.、Like、just think for yourself. Like I really don't know what is the answer, and I have talked with a bunch of people, and most people don't really know what is the answer. <laughs> so we've arrived at the conclusion, which is uh, uh, we don't know. You should figure it out for yourself. But、um, maybe, maybe I guess the advice is just to believe in yourself.、Um, I I definitely think that can be a failing for some people.、Um, And you know, if if you don't never reach for the stars, you'll never get there. So yeah.、Um, yeah. Also, we are talking a lot about how internships are great and stuff, but also like they are not the only thing in the world. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in a lot of cases, uh, you can do your own study, which can can actually be a lot more valuable, like it was to Gabor, um, in our year, um, than any other internship. And、uh, it really just depends what you want to do, just to have a productive but also fun summer. Yep. So, yeah. So I guess the only other thing to talk about internships is、um, what it's like to be in an internship or just commercial situation in general versus university.、Um, now I feel like we might have different experiences here. Probably. Because since I worked at a small company, everything I did. Mattered a lot. That doesn't mean that what you did didn't matter. <laughs> let's not get. <laughs> oh it no. It wasn't very visible, at least. I think. Yeah. What I worked on did probably matter, but I'm not gonna see how it mattered. Yeah, like it mattered, but I, maybe it's not about how much it mattered. More about um, uh, what the consequences were if things didn't get done or、mm. things didn't work. Like for you, it was you. You know, there's a million other. Well, maybe not a million. That's maybe an exaggeration. But let's just say there's a million other employees that can 
they're already working and so if you're not quite doing your work then someone else will do it exactly and the impact not isn't really there but especially for my second year internship at the premier labels um you know if that program that costing program wasn't finished then they didn't have anything at the end of my internship Mm. um uh, and i'd probably be called in quite a few times begrudgingly to um (laughs) get it working and finished um so i think it's quite different um because at university everything is throwaway essentially what you're supposed to be doing is like fancy toys kind of (laughs) yeah um like it's either coursework or stuff that's been done before and you're not going to be um it's not going to be used anywhere else after afterwards no it's not to be fair that's that can happen to projects at google as i said but it's still kind of different because you still have like the path is not written out in the same way as it is in a uni coursework yes like uni gives you very clear steps of this is how you get there this is this is what you're supposed to get do- done. We know it's possible. Yeah, whereas at a commercial situation, um, you might have an initial goal and you might uh, fail to reach it, but have somewhat of a working product that is still used later on or reach that goal or the goal changes completely. Um, but it's still, um, I'm trying to get an analogy for it. It's sort of like when in research, how it doesn't really matter what you did as long as it was new and original and it still contributes. Like, it doesn't matter if you found, oh, um, this thing is disproven and this doesn't work. It's still, it's still an answer to something, yeah. you know. It's still, even if you only partially finish your project, it's still in a internship. It's, it's like, oh, there's still something there that can be built upon or we learned how to make this part of a system. Um, where, again, at university, it's just like tr- tossed in the trash or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe not tossed in the trash, but, uh, yeah, I, I quite, I quite like it at both situations. Like, I don't mind having the not so much pressure university and sort of maybe freedom. Yeah. Whereas at internships, sometimes you might not get that freedom. Yeah, that's true. Although it can happen at uni as well. I also think I like the certain freedom there is an internship. But freedom of like trying different approaches and like mm. kind of for shaping the problem a bit for yourself and thinking of like how to solve it instead of having like kind of an answer on how to how you are supposed to go on about solving this already. Yeah. Yeah, so there's two different types of freedom here. One's like you're on your own and at university and you know, you've not got anybody else telling you, Oh, this is a rubbish way to do that thing mm-hmm. and but in the other uh and the other freedom in the internship is, as you said, like uh, you can you're sort of encouraged to prototype, try, try find different solutions to find the best one. Um, so yeah, it's quite different. Um, you also get paid at internship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, compared to university, uh, unless I don't know, maybe you're a PhD student, you get funding, maybe. Um, I have heard that happens. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. I don't know, I'm sort of undecided whether I enjoy university or commercial internships more. I don't know. I enjoy at uni how you can kind of go and learn stuff. Like You can spend your time in lectures and kind of reading things and trying to understand concepts like in a more theoretical way. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, there's not as much uh, pressure, time pressure, uh, at times to learn stuff or get stuff done. Mm. So, I, I guess that's the other the other thing where you don't have as much freedom, like because this feature needs to go out in this amount of time, and so you don't uh, get to explore different solutions as much or um, get to find the best solution because you essentially have to hack it together, which did actually happen in my internship uh, once. But yeah, I think um, either in academia or commercial, you usually find your place um, and find your own freedoms and see what works best for you. Yep, I agree. One of the things I liked in an internship once that there was a relatively like structured nine to, well, it doesn't need to be nine to five or anything. As we talked, you can kind of work the hours you want. But there is a very clear separation of like free time and working time. And I mean, it might be different higher up in different companies, say if you were starting a startup and you kind But generally speaking, you hopefully would have a solid like separation between time when you are working and time when you are not. And that I found really nice because it meant that I could kind of like work when I work and then relax after that. Whereas at uni, I just kind of end up trying to fit work and free time into my schedule in very different patterns and it looks like some kind of a weird game of Tetris. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I understand what you mean, at least with um, work. There is like a defined time to work yep. and there's not uh, at university. So um, I do echo that same thought, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, sometimes, like, you generally have more free time at university, like, yeah. because you can mix everything together, Yeah, it's easier to do things. Like, when I was at work, you know, there was quite a few things that were sort of weird, like, if I was trying to collect packages, before I knew I could just collect them at work, because I'm a dum-dum, <laughs> um, you know, I had to sort of weigh that in, or if I needed repairs at the flat, or just extra stuff, you know. Um, and oh my god there were so many times when like you're trying to like arrange an appointment with a company or something for something and it's like do you do a Saturday and it's like no and you're like yeah but I work Monday to Friday just like all everybody else and then I realized like everyone else also only works Monday to Friday so um, yeah. yeah sometimes that's annoying yeah. um, it might get a bit easier if you're like a full timer and you can like work for, from home and stuff, at least in tech industry. Yeah, I mean, there are things in your workplace that, like, flexible working hours, mm. which help that, mm. and uh, you do take yourself. But even then, it sometimes still feels wrong to do it at times. Yes. You know, sort of stop in the middle of work and come back for two hours to collect or do something. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's not always the most fun, because you always have to go back, and especially if you're commuting to work and there's all these different variables. So yeah, it's a complex topic, but yeah, it was, it was a good topic to bring up. Speaking of commuting, the public transportation in Dublin sucks. I, my, my options for getting to work were either spending an hour in a bus or cycling for half an hour. Wait, 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 the, the cycling was faster? Yes. How was, wait, okay, so explain how this works. So the bus is just one bus. You don't have to change buses, right? Uh, well, I could have also changed buses, but it wouldn't have really mattered. Or, like my options were kind of either change buses or take a slightly slower direct bus, which is 
stops at slightly further away, so there is a bit more walking. But hmm. yeah. That's interesting. So what did you do in the end? Cycle. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. Oh, I see. Dublin traffic is something. That city has grown really fast and there is no like, say, subway. And we are talking of a city that's bigger than Glasgow. Yeah. Are you saying that the traffic in Dublin is worse than in Glasgow? Definitely. Okay. Yes, right. because like, there is no infrastructure to like support the city uh, as it is. Like, yeah. few local trains, no subway. There are some trams. There are some trams. So the key message of this random excursion into Sophia's brain is uh, just don't don't live in Dublin. It Dublin seems... is a nice city, but <laughs> consid but living finding accommodation there is a pain. Just know that. <laughs> I'm kind of glad you told me that because um, yeah, if I end up in Dublin, that uh, is sort of useful information to know that I'm screwed either way. Uh, but okay. I've put here outro, but I don't I, think we have one. I don't think we have. I just presume it was supposed to be some kind of a play. Let's play weird auto-tune music there. <laughs> um, shall we make one right now? There we are. That is the official end of the podcast and will be forever. Um, so thank you very much for listening and yes. joining. And always remember... Don't seek permission, seek forgiveness. Bye. Bye.